Welcome everyone to Monday Match Analysis. I'm Gil Gross and it is time for our 2021 Monte Carlo preview. This should be a short one, no interview on the back end. We're just going to preview Monte Carlo. We're going to gear up for the beginning of clay court season and it's going to be a lot of fun. Although it will be elongated now by one week because I do want to start with the news that the French Open has been postponed for one week. This is a strange situation where the FFT and Roland Garros, and by the way, I feel like it was not so long ago I was talking about the the very same topics with what is the FFT doing and Roland Garros and scheduling, but uh, we're here again, unfortunately. We're still here, and they have uh, they are waiting for the French government to take away the restrictions and the lockdowns that have been implemented and put in place due to surging cases, unfortunately, in France. It's awkward because obviously the virus is not a binary thing. It does not turn on and off, right? So to delay the tournament one week seems completely, completely ridiculous, right? COVID is not going to be different the next week. But here's the thing about government restrictions, right? It, it is binary. It's either on or it's off. So we're in a very strange position here where the FFT is just hoping that that off switch on the restrictions is going to be flipped at a time that will enable them to have a crowd and to prepare for the tournament in a, a more favorable time frame and and hold the tournament under more favorable conditions. Very strange. In this case it was not a, a unilateral decision like it was last time where they moved and everyone was like, "Well, you're saying you moved. It's the first time I'm hearing about it." Was pretty much how it worked uh last season when they they moved to the the fall after the US Open. This time the Grand Slam board, everyone all three majors at least came out in support of the FFT because they all know that they would have done the same exact thing. They all know that very well. Everyone everyone puts themselves in the FFT's shoes and, and knows, yeah, uh, we'd move it back a week, right? Because I don't think it'll be too much of an inconvenience for them. What it does do is it cuts the grass court season a week. So it's only three weeks as it is, and now it's going to be two weeks like it was in the olden days. Uh, before 2015, when they added an extra week, a third week to the grass court season to give players more time to prepare for Wimbledon. Now we're going back to the old way, where it'll just be two weeks before Wimbledon. I guess uh, I wonder how Roger Federer takes this news and how he internalizes this when it comes to his decision, whether or not to play Roland Garros at 39 years of age. Maybe he wants more buffer between the French Open and, and Wimbledon. So I don't know if that will affect Roger's decision. I don't know. Um, I feel for the grass court events that are held after the French Open. I don't know what they're going to do. And that's why, while the Grand Slam board supported this decision, the ATP, and I don't know if I saw the WTA statement, but, but the ATP did not. The ATP had had its concerns because obviously you're squashing the tournaments that were planned for the week after Roland Garros. So 
it's uh man i can't wait until this era of of tennis is over and we don't need to uh be discussing these things but that is that is what i have for you on this i don't have um i don't have a take i don't have an opinion uh other than the fact that it's strange i i really get it on both sides it, it's it's difficult for a couple of parties but at the same time you got to expect that that's the decision that the French Open is going to make. All right, let us get to the Monte Carlo preview. We'll start with the thumbnail, which I got out of the habit of showing you guys on YouTube the thumbnail, but it's such a beautiful venue, Monte Carlo. Such a beautiful venue. So we got to look at it. If you're new to the channel, here's how these previews work. I will go quarter by quarter, section by section. I will give you a dark horse, which is... The unseeded player, most likely to make a run. I'll give you the upset alert. The seeded player, most likely to lose early. I'll give you the early popcorn match, the early round match that I am most looking forward to. And I will give you my quarterfinal prediction uh, when I'm through with all four quarters. I'll give you semifinal and final predictions. Clay court season. Let's do it. Uh, what I'm looking for here, Monte Carlo. Uh, weird scheduling spot transitioning from hard courts to clay courts. So some players are a little bit more used to the clay and have been in Europe a little bit longer than others. Some players are well-rested. Some players are coming off the event in, in Marbella or um, uh, what's the other one? Um, Cagliari. And then there's uh, Sardinia, right? So, so three ATP events um last week that some players come off of but ultimately slow courts windy conditions very clay like the most clay like of all the clay in my opinion all right let's go to Novak Djokovic's quarter the top seeds are Alexander Zverev David Gafan and Hubert Hurkacz the Miami champion fresh off the title my dark horse is Marco Cecchinato. Um, That's a name that I haven't really given much respect to in a while, but I do think that he's in a nice little section here. Dominic Kepfer, uh, the qualifier, and Cecchinato is a qualifier as well in the first round. He'll play the winner of... Uh, he'll play David Gafan, actually, who beat Marin Cilic in the, uh, in the first round. But I wasn't seeing a lot of guys here. Maybe Thomas uh, Fabiano, which brings me to my upset alert. I have Hercotch on upset alert. I think we'll we'll find out very quickly that uh, his best surface really by far is hard courts, and he needs to be more aggressive with the forehand on if he's going to have aggressive if he's going to have success on clay court. I think Cecchinato, or excuse me, uh, Fabiano, who's barely taller than Diego Schwartzman, but a really solid ball striker, someone very used to clay and used to the uh, conditions. Um, the Italians do well in Monte Carlo for sure. Um, so that's my upset alert. My popcorn match is pretty simple. No brainer here. Yannick Sinner plays Albert Ramos Vinolas in the first round and the winner faces Novak, Novak Djokovic. I'm hoping from a spectator's perspective that it is Yannick Sinner. I, I want to see that matchup very badly uh, because I think that they can have some uh, pretty brilliant backhand to backhand exchanges from the baseline, but just, you know, all in all, um, I think that this is a match that could really raise Sinner's profile. 
has the opportunity to do that. Uh, there's been a couple of, of matches like that in Sinner's career. He did get a crack at Rafa Nadal at Roland Garros. Clearly wasn't really ready to, to make that leap and win that match, although he probably pushed Nadal harder than anyone at last year's French Open. But I think Clay is probably at this point Sinner's best surface, and it will be very interesting to see Djokovic. This is his home club, by the way. This is where he trains probably uh, the most most uh, weeks out of the year. He's in Monte Carlo in his hometown, uh, not his hometown, but his uh, his permanent residence of Monaco. So he's very used to, to Monte Carlo as well. I have Zverev and Djokovic advancing to the quarterfinal. Let's just go through their paths. Uh, Sinner, uh, Dusan Lajovic, I believe, um, Djokovic will face in the round of 16. He is a former semifinalist, I want to say. No, I think a former finalist in Monte Carlo. Uh, loves slow conditions. Time to load up. But um, Djokovic advancing to the to the quarterfinal. Zverev's section could get tricky in the second round. Fushevics and Sinego in the second round. Sinego will probably be a little bit fatigued from what was a, a run to the final last week. Uh, Fushevic's ex excellent on these kinds of surfaces. But I really like Zverev this week. He won Acapulco. He was not up for Miami the very next week. Clearly was not ready to uh, to play his first round match. Uh, not not to take anything away from Emil Rusabori, but came out very flat uh, after his title run in Acapulco. But um, clay court is my surface of choice for Alexander Zverev. And here's the reason why I don't have, uh, I don't really favor Djokovic in this spot. I've felt this way for a long time now. I don't, I don't tend to fancy Djokovic when he is is coming off of of long breaks. I just don't think he he plays his best tennis um, coming out of these long breaks. So I don't favor him here. I think Zverev is a little bit more in form. It's a matchup that Djokovic has. They've been playing really close matches, and Novak's won four in a row here. I think Zverev ends the run here, and I'm going to put Zverev through to the, the semifinal. Moving along to Stefano Tsitsipas's quarter, the top seeds are Matteo Berrettini and Christian Garin. This is a crazy quarter. I don't like anyone here. I'm not confident at all uh, because Tsitsipas who I do feel decent about, and I love Tsitsipas on clay. You can expect me to be you know, pretty bullish on him in my predictions over the course of this clay court season because I just think at this point in his career, the way he uses the forehand, his athleticism, um, and how the clay court hides some of his biggest weaknesses, such as his return— I really think that Tsitsipas is excellent on clay, and far and away it's his best surface. So you can expect to see me uh, predict him to go pretty far for the most part. But there's a lot of wild cards here. His draw is terrible, and I wouldn't be surprised if he lost. Uh, but in the second round, he faces the winner of Lorenzo Massetti and Aslan Karatsev, and then he could get Felix Auger-Aliassime or Christian Garin. This is FAA's first tournament with Uncle Tony as his coach. 
I do like FAA in this spot. Not because of Uncle Tony, really, but I, I love FAA when the courts are super, super slow, and he has tons and tons of time. I think it makes his forehand all the more lethal. And as a result, I, I tend to enjoy watching FAA on a surface like this, uh, which, you know, he still takes time away and plays really an aggressive brand of tennis despite the speedy court surface. But I think when he has a lot, uh, when he has more time to set up, he's a little bit more consistent and deadly with his very, very precise and um, punishing forehand that he possesses. Um, he gets good angles on his cross-court backhand as well, which helps him on clay. Uh, so FAA is my dark horse unseated here. Also, just I, I kind of like it. It's a, it's a fresh. Um, a fresh mindset for Felix with someone new and someone as coveted and seasoned as Uncle Tony um, in his in his corner. Matteo Berrettini is a player who is coming off of the abdomen injury that he sustained at the Australian Open. And this is his first tournament back. So I don't love Matteo Berrettini here, but he has the weakest section in this entire draw. Out of top eight seeds, nobody else has worse sections than Berrettini. So that's why I say upset alert everyone. That's why I say I don't like anyone because Tsitsipas is the player I like. He's got a brutal draw. Uh, Berrettini is a player who I don't love, but I don't see anyone in his section that I'm really comfortable saying will make the quarterfinal. And then Christian Gradin has what I see as a toss-up in the first round against Felix Auger-Aliassime. So who do I like? I don't like anybody. I, I like nobody. I'm going to put Pass through to the semifinals, um, but everyone is on upset alert, and I'm really looking forward to the second round match, Aslan Karatsev against... Um, against Lorenzo Massetti because this is the kind of match that might not be on center court. Actually, it might be because of uh, Massetti's Italian um, nationality, and, and Monte Carlo does like to put the Italians on center court, but there's no crowd. So I don't know what this... I don't know if this match will be on center court, but it's the kind of match any diehard tennis fan knows. This is extremely um, intriguing. Um, so... It's going to be a lot of fun. Hold on. I got to plug something in before my camera dies. My apologies. Um, yeah. Like, this is going to be... This is a super intriguing match. Massetti's been playing on clay. And Karatsev hasn't. Uh, but Karatsev and, and Musetti just continues to have, he has a tremendous record against high end competition for his age. Uh, it's really outstanding. I mean, he's already showing a lot of big match prowess on clay, at least, you know, I, I still don't think he's ready to have success on, on fast surfaces, but, uh, Karatsev is a guy again, like, I don't think he's a flash in, in the pan. Uh, I think he's excellent and, um, I'm interested to see him on clay. It's a surface I haven't seen him on. So Musetti and Karatsev, no brainer here for my popcorn pick and the winner will face Tsitsipas. So this is a, a fun quarter, which is uh, not short of intrigue at all. I can't really say the same about Rafael Nadal's quarter. Uh, he is now the three seed with Daniil Medvedev moving up to the two. So first of all, this is a little bit weird because I feel like for the longest time 
I've said, all right, Djokovic's quarter, okay, Nadal's quarter as the one and the two. Uh, but Nadal, the 11-time champion here in Monte Carlo, could have theoretically been on the same half as Novak Djokovic, but he was not. He's on the bottom half as the three seed. His top seeds are Andre Rublev, Roberto Batista Agu, and Grigor Dimitrov. Uh, Rublev, um, RBA, and Dimitrov, they're all kind of hardcore players to me. Don't let Bautista Agut's Spanish, nat, uh, you know, don't don't let the ESP next to his name uh, fool you. Uh, I've talked about this many times. I mean, he he does not prefer slow, high bouncing surfaces by by any stretch. Grigor Dimitrov, I mean, he's I like him on an indoor hard court, on a grass court, a lot more than I like him on a clay court. Um, and I mean, Andre Rublev, I think he's got the game for clay. But uh, I, I don't see a lot of dangerous players in this quarter outside of the top seeds. And I don't feel great about Tommy Paul as my dark horse. I, I made him my dark horse. He's, he's the best American on clay, probably. He's a good athlete. He likes to play long rallies. He has a lot of top spin on the forehand. He's got a good kick serve. Uh, so he's my dark horse. I don't feel awesome about it. Upset alert, RBA. Uh, let me just check again who he plays in the first round. Uh, Taylor Fritz. Fritz could be tired. He had a deep run in uh, Sardinia, I believe. Uh, but if, if Fritz isn't tired, I see that as kind of a toss-up match. Early popcorn match. Grigor Dimitrov against Jan Leonard Struff. That's the best I could do. Uh, I think that they're going to play some entertaining tennis. I think they're going to... You know, those are two players who who uh, need to come to the net on surface, on this surface at least. So I expect some cat and mouse, some coming forward, a lot of aggressive play. Also, uh, Dimitrov, very fun to watch defend and scramble on this surface. He just doesn't have easy offense on clay. Just doesn't have it because he doesn't he doesn't deliver enough pop, enough heaviness uh, on his forehand or his backhand, and that's why Grigor is not the best on a slow clay court, but it's uh, it's fun to watch him grind out there, defend, and use his creativity. Um, but Struff is going to be able to hit through any court in the world. So uh, that's my early popcorn. I just think it'll be a fun match to watch, but it's uh, this quarter is lacking in intrigue. I don't see anyone stopping this Nadal and Rublev collision course in the quarterfinal. In the same breath, I don't see Nadal and Rublev being a very close quarterfinal matchup either. I see Rafa pretty much cruising in this matchup. I, I just don't think Rublev... I don't think Rublev has enough when it comes to uh, creative point construction on, on a clay court surface that's going to demand that. I don't think uh, Rublev will have enough of that at this juncture. He, he really... Uh, He's probably going to need to come up with some other ways to bother opponents because the the pace is not going to cut it on clay. And he needs to work with uh, more angles and more changing of direction. And these are going to be the things that, uh, that Rublev needs to build into his game a little bit more if he wants to have success on clay. I do think he'll have success on this surface in his career because he's got the tools, just not quite polished around the edges enough for him to uh, excel on this surface against Nadal against Nadal so I have Rafa through favorable draw for Rafa Nadal Let, let's go through it 
before we move to Medvedev's quarter. It is Rafa Nadal. So, uh, winner of Manorino Delbonis. Delbonis should be favored on clay in that matchup. Manorino's game doesn't work too well on clay. Uh, then Shardy, who's strangely, uh, he was playing great on indoor hardcourt. Weird resurgence. Uh, not weird. Unexpected resurgence. Good to see from Jeremy Shardy. Bublik, dangerous on a quick surface when he gets a lot out of his serve. Not so much, probably, on clay. Uh, could be uh, Dimitrov and Struff, though. Might be uh, probably one of those two players will be uh, the candidates to stop him from reaching that quarterfinal matchup. Yeah, I, I, I'd i be surprised if Nadal doesn't reach the quarterfinal. And the same goes for Rublev. All right, let's go to Medvedev's quarter. The top seeds are Diego Schwartzman, Pablo Carreno Busta, uh, Pablo Fanini. Pablo Fanini, my goodness. Fabio Fanini. My dark horse in this quarter is Casper Ruud. I feel great about Ruud as a dark horse. It's pretty easy to project long-term success on clay. If you have one of the best forehands in the game, which Casper Ruud does, you just know that the clay court results are going to build and build and build into a place where uh, Ruud's going to be one of the toughest outs in the world on this surface. That's kind of the path that Dominic Team took. And Ruud is... In some respects, on that path, some respects, but uh, I think Rude has a, a chance to be very dangerous here in a quarter that I think can open up because I do have Daniil Medvedev on upset alert. I don't, and again, I want to reiterate this: um, Daniil Medvedev is uh, a former finalist at Monte Carlo. I think that Daniil Medvedev's prospects on clay are a little bit too much to the side of he stinks, right? Because that's kind of the uh, the discourse around Medvedev on clay. And at some point, he's going to really challenge that because he's going to go deep in one of these tournaments. I guarantee it. He's too good a player not to. He's not going to go this entire clay court swing and lose in the first or the second round. It's not going to happen. Is he more vulnerable on this surface? Absolutely. Is Monte Carlo probably uh, too much on the slow side? for Daniil to, to really enjoy um, on, the, on the range of clay courts? I think so, even though he's a finalist here. Um, but more than anything, he's on upset alert, not because he stinks on clay. He's on upset alert because I find his draw to be uh, extraordinarily difficult. Uh, Philip Krajinovich, if you look at his challenger's results on clay, it's like an automatic title. I mean, he is, he is awesome um, whenever he plays a clay court challenger he pretty much automatically wins it and uh that success has translated pretty much Krajinovich is a safe bet to win a couple of rounds on a clay court although he had a surprising defeat at Roland Garros that I did not see coming um in in 2020 uh Krajinovich is a good player on clay though very solid all around um even off of both wings good athlete very comfortable on the run doesn't have a massive amount of power but other than that, just a, a very solid baseliner and uh, hits with this pretty heavy topspin on, on the forehand as well, which helps him on the clay. And a good kick serve um, on him as well. He plays Nicolas Basilashvili, and Basilashvili is starting to play better tennis. He is extremely dangerous on the slowest surfaces in the world because of uh, how much time he has to set up for his, his ball and unleash his just brutalizing power. I think that uh, both 
both matchups are uh, concerning for Medvedev in the second round. And then after that, um, he could face likely Fanini or Kachmanovich, probably Fanini. I don't know. That one would be interesting. Obviously, Fanini dangerous here. He loves these courts. Former, uh, former champion, Monte Carlo. Conquered Rafael Nadal um, in 2019, right? I have my year right. I think it was 2019. The last time that this tournament was was held, right? I don't know. I might be getting my Monte Carlo years mixed up because I know we have a we we have a Medvedev. I think it was the semifinal. Lajovic Lajovic beat Medvedev in the semifinal. Then was it a Fanini Lajovic final and Fanini won? That, that that's what I have in my memory bank, but I might be mixing up years, something like that. Uh, early popcorn is Schwartzman versus Rude in round two. I think that's the quarterfinal winner of Schwartzman Rude round two. Uh, actually goes to the semifinal. That's my take on this quarter. So yeah, I have uh, Diego Pablo Carreno Busta. He's coming off a clay court title. Don't expect too much from him here. You know, he he's not great on the uh, on the fatigue factor. Although he can play for all day. He's a titan. Fitness-wise, not sure what to expect out of Fabio Fanini here. I don't have a great read on where he's at in his career. I don't know if he's on that decline yet at his age. The style he plays should be pretty sustainable. He should be able to play a decent level for a long time with just... Uh, he doesn't put a lot of stress on his body the way he anticipates. Um, he's very Roger Federer-like in that, in that respect. Uh, so I, I can't get a read right now on Fabio Fanini. So that should be interesting. But ultimately, I think Diego Schwartzman, obviously uh, extremely dangerous on on a slow, high-bouncing court like we have on Monte Carlo. Also very windy. So I like consistent clay court players who have really, really good movement and really good footwork and are going to keep the ball in the court when others might not. I don't love like the Dominic team-like clay quarter. Uh, at quite as much, right? The Dominic team clay quarter is the kind of player who is amazing on clay a lot because of the offense they bring to the surface. And I feel like Monte Carlo, the conditions, the when you take into account the wind, and I think Tsitsipas is in that same uh, category, and I don't love this clay court for Stefanos. I'd prefer a Madrid or a Rome, plays a little bit quicker. Um, I think the wind is a is tough. It's tough to play offensive tennis here. That's just my two cents. Um, anyway, I think Schwartzman is uh, he's my bet to make it through the quarter, uh, going through Philip Krajinovic. All right, let us go to the final weekend. Zverev over Tsitsipas in three sets. Nadal over Schwartzman in three sets. And then I'm going to go with Alexander Zverev defeating Rafael Nadal in three sets. Again, I'm going with kind of a trend when it comes to Nadal and Djokovic. And this is just not a spot that they've excelled in. Nadal has had to round into form in the most recent examples of clay court events. And uh, I don't know, you know, fitness-wise, if Diego Schwartzman might be able to take a lot out of him. Um, I don't expect him to be playing his best tennis in Monte Carlo. It's been quite a bit since that has been the case. Normally, it's taken him until Madrid or Rome for him to really find his footing. So um, that's why I'm um, comfortable 
picking Alexander Zverev here, who I, I think is due for uh, a clay court Masters title. I do. Uh, I think he he brings a lot of very very unique things to the table on the surface. He has the power um, to play offensive tennis as long as he's flattening out that forehand. And sometimes he just doesn't. You know, it's a wild card sometimes. But the way he serves, the way he hits his forehand, uh, he has the ability to bring the offense on the slowest surfaces in the world. But he also can sit back, be extraordinarily consistent, and obviously defend and keep the ball on the court and grind and test his opponent's shot tolerance. He does that very, very well. And with that combination, that's kind of what I'm looking for on a clay court like this. Verev, I think he's just kind of a, a younger player who's, who's right now in form, and Nadal needs to take a little bit longer to kind of rev up the engines. So uh, Zverev is my pick here. I'm going to go with uh, with Sasha to pick up uh, his first, not his first, but his first clay court masters uh, in in a little while now. So we'll see. Always a very volatile player. Um, that'll do it for this edition of Monday Match Analysis. Remember, I'm available on all podcast platforms. Leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. I always really appreciate that. It's big. Uh, it moves me up the uh, the podcast charts. It helps the podcast get discovered. All right? And for those of you watching on YouTube, which is most of you, I appreciate you. Thank you. Like the video. Leave a comment. All right? Uh, give me your picks down below. Who's winning Monte Carlo? Um, yeah, I, I hope uh, it would be great to see Djokovic and Nadal meet in the final here. But again, uh, the the trend I'm seeing from these two is that they aren't playing these kinds of events at their best. Coming off a long layoff, you know, we're not really uh, approaching. It's basically there's no major for a long way out. It's over a month now, and this these this is just not the spot that these guys are playing their best tennis. So I'm going to go with the youngster who has the goods um, to to come through, obviously has the talent to win this title, and, uh, and, and go with Alexander Zverev. Hope you enjoyed the preview. Hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe. I'll see you next time. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. Yeah. New New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.